Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Oh, man, that brings back memories. Chuck Cooperstein remembers hearing that a time or two. Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs, joining the Matt Mosley Show. Chuck, welcome to the show. What a uh, what a fun time it is to be a Metroplex fan, fan of the Rangers, fan of the Mavs, even the Cowboys, uh, stars, of course, all of it going on at the same time. Uh, welcome back to the Mosley Show, sir. Nice to be here and always uh, a pleasure to uh, be introduced by Green Onions and Booker T and the MJs. Always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I this Rangers thing, I mean, it, it's it's amazing to consider where they were two years ago and even where they were, what, like a month and a half ago, where it looks like looked like the thing was unraveling. And in Friday, we're getting ready to have a World Series right here in Arlington. Um, I mean, it, it's Chuck, you 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 love going to these games. I know you and your son Jeffrey were out there recently for one of these ALCS games, but I mean, what a what an unbelievable turnaround as a whole, and then even within the last month and a half, uh, it's it's one of the more remarkable things I can remember seeing around these parts, and we've seen a lot of wild stuff. Not even a month and a half; it's a month. I mean, literally. I mean, the season ended what October first, and the Rangers lost one nothing in Seattle and put up a very feeble effort once they had qualified for the playoffs. Uh, But still, they had a chance to win the division. All they had to do was Mm -hmm. win that game and didn't seem like they cared very much. They just sort of gave off a happy-to-be-there vibe. Um, And to think what was to follow was to knock off the three most difficult opponents that you could possibly draw in the American League in order to get to the World Series – uh, hey, if anybody called that shot, uh, we need to go to Las Vegas and spend a lot of money together because uh, then we'll both be rich. <laughs> <laughs> and to watch Adolis and what he did, I remember we remember what Nelly did in that series with like 13 RBI and thought, well, they'll never be topped. Adolis did it in, in that grand slam in, in game six. It's almost kind of like to me the point in the movie where you're like, uh oh, okay. Everything has changed. I mean, the game, they were already up 5-2, right? But for some right. reason, especially with the four strikeouts, in that moment it was kind of like, uh-oh, uh-oh, all right, you've done it now. And then it just continued into that next day. I mean, I, it, was, uh, it was amazing theater. But just to watch Adolis, um, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the more beloved players in Rangers history, and he hadn't even been with us that long. Well, uh, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't do something akin to what Nelson Cruz did in game six against the Cardinals, I think uh, his, his legacy, his legacy is assured, uh, it, that it was a remarkable, remarkable last, uh, six at bats that he had. Uh, and, you know, not to mention, you know, a couple of balls that were, uh, into right field where, you know, they asked us how to run on third and they weren't going to run on that arm. I mean, it's, he's a weapon out there, too, because of that. Uh, listen, they, they, they've got a lot going on right now you know, that, that's going their way. Uh, but as we know, Matt, as we've seen, and even as you alluded to, you know, right when we started all this, I mean, this 
can turn on a dime so fast. And it turned on a dime so fast twice in this series. You know, got off to a great start. Got, came home and it was disastrous, you know, and, and the, the, with the ultimate gut punch thrown in for good measure in game five. And then it turned back around, remarkably so. So, you know, who knows? Literally, uh, this, is, this might be one of the most bipolar, really good teams that I've ever seen. You know, usually you win 90, 95 games, whatever. There's a degree of consistency to how you play. But uh, the Rangers, certainly since the All-Star break, have been anything but consistent. But hopefully they'll be consistent enough to win four out of the next seven games. You, you don't have to be great and, and truly consistent to win the World Series. You just need to be better four out of seven. I just didn't know, I mean, it would ever happen again. We were A lot of us were there against St. Louis, and we're in St. Louis. And, of course, you were at some of those games and tracking all that. And you wonder if you're ever going to be back. And then you get back, and now it's like, okay, you get – you know, it's like you've got to do it this time, right? You've got to figure out a way, and, uh, and you've got to reset in a sense because it feels like beating the Astros in the way that they did, that was such a monumental deal – but I think mentally, of course, you have to kind of get back. And I, I think Bochy's the right guy for that, obviously. I mean, with everything he's done um, for getting yes. them reset, getting them focused on the D-backs, and not letting the Houston thing be like the end-all, be-all. Because it does feel like to fans uh, as sort of the end-all, be-all with what they just accomplished. But but I think that's part of what Bochy has to do is get everybody kind of refocused and go, okay, here is the task at hand. Let's go finish the job. Not It's not unlike 2010. It's not even 2011. Correct. It's really Correct. 2010. Because yeah. when they beat the Yankees, you know, the Yankees were the defending World Series champions too. Yes. And, you know, the Yankees had basically been on a, you know, a decade and a half run where they were clearly the best team in baseball. And, the Rangers beat them in six games, and and the and the place went nuts as it should have. But it it it, it did feel as if they had won it all then. And oh yeah, there was another series to go play against Bruce Bochy, San Francisco Giants. And when uh, Cliff Lee started uh, throwing it all over the place, and the Rangers started throwing it all over themselves in Game One, it's like you pretty well knew that the, their their heads weren't quite in it, and they really never recovered from it. Um, you know, the, the thing about 2011, you know, coming as close as they did, you know, the following year, you know, that was the year that they blew it late in the season and Josh Hamilton dropped the ball in Oakland in the last game of the year. And they yeah. had to play the Orioles in that one game playoff and they got dusted in that. And that's, you know, so I mean, that's where you're thinking, you know, in 2011, well, okay, you know, we'll get back and we'll be okay and all that. Because we, because we are that good, and they really were that good for for that long a period of time, and then you know what, and then it didn't happen, and it and yeah, okay, they changed managers, and you know Jeff Bannister got to the playoffs a couple of times, but you know they, you never have had that feeling that we just had, that we've just all experienced together uh, on Monday night, and you know so I, I mean I can't wait to see how this plays out, but you know what? They may look at themselves as a team of destiny, but the Diamondbacks certainly have to look at themselves as a team of destiny, given what they, uh, given what they experienced and who they beat in order to get here. So, I mean, I know, you know, I know Matt, you've seen stuff today about, uh, you know, especially the, the media writers around the country. Oh, this is gonna be the lowest rated world series ever and whatnot. Hey, the hell with them. It, both of these teams, you know, this doesn't happen every year for them. 
So therefore, I think they're just going to go all out. And I think it's going to be a fantastic series. Like, it's the thing I care so little about is like, the you know, I mean, we look at ratings sometimes and all of that. I mean, Houston and Texas did great ratings, the Rangers and Astros. But if this yes. is not that highly rated, I mean, you think anybody in the Metroplex gives two right. hoots. Right. No, and, and no, yeah. no, nobody, nobody <laughs> in, in, in Dallas-Fort Worth and, no, and nobody in Phoenix cares a rat. You know what yeah. the alternate ratings are. They they're going to be. You know what? There's going to be forty two thousand people at Global Life Field. There's going to be about forty eight thousand people at Chase Field in Phoenix. It's it's going and it, the, the atmospheres are going to be electric. The players are going to care. The play, the players are desperately going to want to win because so many of them have never experienced this. Corey Seager's experienced this, but there are very few uh, to my just on the t- off the top of my head that have experienced you know spraying champagne for the final time when nobody else is allowed to do it and so I, I think there's a certain sense of urgency that comes with this that is going to make it ridiculously fun regardless if you live in dallas fort worth phoenix new york des moines uh boise or anywhere else chuck cooperstein voice of the mavs joined the matt mosley show espn central texas let me ask you about luka Doncic. uh you know shoot around this morning I mean, he, seemingly some of the footage I saw, you know, at least they, he's out there kind of moving around. Left calf strain listed as questionable for tonight's opening night. Also a right thigh issue that has been plaguing him for a while. How do you see this going? Because obviously they don't want to rush anything or anything like that. But at the same time, I know he wants to go. Um, you, think he, uh, you think he plays or is it truly a questionable kind of 50-50 deal? I think there is some question, but I do think the fact that he's gone through practice, you know, all three days this week seems tells me in my uneducated uh, eye that he's, that he's going to play and that he's going to give it a go. And see the Mavericks have not started seasons well uh, for quite some time, save for actually the, the uh, uh, COVID year of 2020, uh, you know, the early part of, you know, 2019 into 2020, you know, they began that year uh, 15 and five. And they were they were really or actually 14 and six that year. They were quite, quite good and actually got to 16 and six. And that was the best they were for the for the year. Um, I think that they will uh, they have to play these games, Matt, you know, with urgency. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that the West is really good. Portland and Houston, and, you know, to some degree, San Antonio, although I think San Antonio is going to be pretty fired up to play tonight, I think for obvious reasons. Uh, You know, every game in the West feels like a playoff game. You can't be messing around and just, you know, looking for answers and, well, we're going to try this, and, you know, we'll ease our way into this, and then 25 or 30 games in the year, you know, we'll we'll have it and we'll go, and we'll, and we'll flip the switch and we'll go. It doesn't work that way. So I do think there is a sense of urgency for Luca to play tonight, and, uh, I, frankly, I would be stunned if he didn't. Victor Wimbanyama, uh, are, are you – I'm sure you're excited like everybody else – I mean, people compare this to LeBron back in 2003. Um, is, it, is there any other that, uh, I mean, we were obviously excited to see Luka, uh, his first time out for the Mavs, but almost nothing compares to this because of the kind of different player that he is. 
Uh, yes. And I, I had to laugh that they, they were asking Grant Williams this morning, you might have been over there, yeah. uh, about the difference between uh, Wimbanyama and, and, and uh, Taco Fall. <laughs> I thought, well, there's a lot of, other than them being crazy tall, there's an enormous amount of difference between those two players. But I, I, what, do you, what do you have to compare this to as far as a de- debut? I mean, you've done a lot of these things now. But, I mean, it, it, this one really seems to stand above a lot of the other debuts. But yeah. I know we've, we get excited about somebody new every year. But this feels different. No, no the, you know, LeBron was on the cover of Sports Illustrated you know, when he was 15 years old. And, you know, the next one. And, and this is the guy who has been anointed as the next one. Even as gifted as Luca was and as successful as Luca was as a teenager playing for Real Madrid and, you know, playing with boys to men uh, and versus men and succeeding, uh, you know, everybody knew of Luca, but there was not a cult of Luca. Now, here, there, there truly is a cult because we've not seen, you know, some, somebody for a long time. Uh, and maybe ever, although, you know, we seem to forget that, you know, Lou Alcindor uh, and and then becoming Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in, you know, in from, 90, say, 70 to 76. Now, he was older, of course, because he had played, you know, three years at UCLA. He was, you know, in, in his early 20s. This, you know, Wembenyama is still, what, 20 years old. Um, but, you know, he, Kareem had the ability to handle the ball and run the floor and 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 pass and and he he was more than just the guy with the skyhook and I think that's the thing it, you know it's unfortunate that he played so long uh, that you know what do people remember they they remember uh, you know Magic tossing it into him on the right block and you know he'd, he'd put it on the floor and he'd give that little you know windshield wiper move uh, to his right and then come back over his left shoulder and he'd shoot the most unstoppable shot the game's ever seen uh, you know when Benyama is a, is a modern creation you know shooting threes and handling the ball and you know being involved in pick and rolls is the ball handler and stuff like that we've never we've not seen that before um i i want to see how he handles physicality and i don't know you know i I have a feeling grant williams might be that guy tonight that tries to bring physicality and luca i think you know to a certain degree as well but i think that's ultimately going to tell the story uh with Wembenyama. he's he's an incredible shot blocker he regardless of anything that he does offensively he completely changes the game defensively because of his wingspan and it's 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 just absurd i mean when you're blocking steph curry's three-pointers you know, nobody blocks Steph Curry's three-pointers. So you start doing that, you, you get people thinking. And so I think he will always be able to affect the game that way. Uh, I'm waiting for the time, and I don't think it's necessarily going to happen this year, uh, where he does go down the block and he does develop you know, some type of post game to go along with his face-up game uh, because I, I think he, he has to. He's, he's not a great three-point shooter. As much as he can shoot three-pointers, I mean, basically, he's about a 32% three-point shooter. I think he shot 31 in the preseason. Uh, shot, I want to say, 30 in uh, in France last year. And that's with the shorter three-point line. I mean, he can make them, but, you know, how many does he take? If, he, if he's taking 19 shots a game and, and seven or eight of them are three-pointers, shoot, him shooting 30%, that's a win. It's a win for the defense. And the Mavericks have to hope that he's willing to, to do a lot of that tonight. Uh, if he, 
you know, if he, if the, the Spurs get out and they start running, where because he can run, that's when he's going to be completely devastating because nobody will be able to stop him. Net wild, like Sohan's uh, was a really interesting rookie, and he came on, and it's just like we're not even thinking about it, right? I mean, this is a guy who they've been playing in the preseason at point guard and things like that, yep. and 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 yet our whole focus is on Wimbanyama. But 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 who knows? Maybe the Spurs are going to be pretty good. Uh, it'll because they do have some players around him. I'm not saying they're great, but he's got a no. cast. I mean. I mean, it, it, how good could the Spurs be this season? I mean, in, in a perfect world with health, and, and again, you know, how many games does he play? You know, yeah. how much does Pop uh, protect him, and or or protect him? Not being way too nice. How how much is he load managing him? How much is he doing that? Um, you know, if he's only going to play sixty games, then I think then you know th- there will be incremental improvement. From the Spurs. I mean, if he's if he's playing more, if they're going to let him go, uh, you know, then then there could be more because I think obviously there are more games he's going to be able to affect. Um, so, but I but I really I've always liked Devin Vassell, and they just signed him to a long term deal. Zach Collins playing next to him. I mean, this is not unlike uh, back in the day when you'd have the. Uh, you know, the Fabricio Albertos uh, of the world uh, playing next to Duncan uh, so that Duncan could play, you know, more out on the, on the floor and play more of a power forward spot. Uh, you know, he, this guy's he's a four. He's not a five. Collins, if he can stay healthy, which he, again, until last year, had not been able to do. Uh, Collins is a really good player, and I think he, he's going to help them. And you know, so I, I don't I don't see the Sohan experiment at point guard. I don't know why, you know, what 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 they see in that but listen who am i to question greg popovich he, he, he sees something about it uh, so yeah I, they're they're intriguing i mean they they absolutely are intriguing but again it's like they, how intriguing they ultimately are is totally based on how much when benyama improves from game to game to game all right and how intriguing are the mavs i mean in some sense this could be kind of a boomer bust type team uh, and, and how much of it does it come down to can they improve as much as they need to on defense? Because obviously that's what they tried to address in the draft. We don't know how much to, they're going to have to lean on those rookies. Um, where is the ceiling for this Mavs team in your mind? Well, again, with, with good health, I mean, you're, you're looking at somewhere probably between you know, 45 and 47 wins. I mean, if there's, you know, if there's bad to average health and, you know, guys are missing games and, you know, Luke is missing 15 games and Kyrie's missing 20 games. And, well, then they're not going to they're not going to be that good because they're, they're going they're going to have to score. They're, they're relying on those guys to score and then for, for everybody else to sort of follow suit as a result. Uh, and, you know, if 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 their defense does come around and you know i think it you know they started derrick jones the last game uh, they may very well start him tonight again he's a really good wing defender you know josh green comes off the can come off the bench as you know the the energy guy and then do the, the same types of things that uh, derrick jones does maybe a little more offense you know, for the for the second unit uh you know th- those guys are going to have to be really good and obviously you know derrick lively is they're, they're going to spoon feed him uh i don't think i don't necessarily think they're going to throw 
throw him in the deep end and immediately he's going to play 27 minutes a game. I, I don't see that. Uh, but he's he's done really well, and I think he is going to play, and I think he is going to be a factor. Prosper is probably not going to be that much of a factor this year. Uh, if you certainly go by what happened in, in uh, preseason, uh, the game looks like it's a little too fast for him right now. But that's not to say that he ultimately can't get to where they want him to be, just may not be this year. But uh, you know, so much, again, depends on, on the health of Luke and Kyrie, because when they're healthy, their offense is absolutely devastating. But they got to be able to guard and then not only, you know, force missed shots, but when those shots are missed, be able to grab rebounds because they were just a horrific rebounding team last year. And they just, you can't give up, you know, too many second chances and, you know, in this league and, and ultimately get away with it. That's just not going to happen. All right. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing you call it. I know what you won't call Wimbenyama. I've seen you on social media. Yes. You do not like he, this he, nickname. He, 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 yeah, he will not. He will. He will not be nicknamed. He will. He, he will not be. He will not be nicknamed. Not by. Not by, Certainly not by the visiting announcer. He, he will not be nicknamed. <laughs> I thought I saw something like Wimby uh, Mania, and I thought of you. I'm like, oh, Chuck doesn't like. He does not like that. What's your go-to in San Antonio, by the way? Like a pregame. Uh, like a lunch, usually you'll have time to maybe go get some lunch on the Riverwalk. Now, will you do old school Mitiera? That's a little bit removed from the Riverwalk, or Chris well, Madrid, or, well, or know, where do you well, go? You know, there there are you know there are lifts and Ubers here. You know, you can go anywhere. Oh, you can leave the Riverwalk. Okay. Yeah, you, you can yeah. leave the Riverwalk. Uh, no, I am not. Uh, I like Mitiera, but uh, I am a, a far bigger fan of Rosario's on St. Yes. Mary's. Yes, which has a new location, which has a new location, a new new location, which I did not know. Yeah, didn't it? Because because it opened in it opened in uh, late February after we had been there last Mm -hmm. year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very, very new and very, very modern and and not anything like what I was used to seeing. But it's just it's just down the street from where it is. But you know what? It's still the same amazing salsa the best salsa in the world as far as i'm concerned and the best and the best chicken uh mo- chicken chicken mole enchiladas uh that are around in my very humble eating opinion i it's an informed opinion is what i like to say uh <laughs> when it comes to you on the road uh all right well hey it's uh great to visit with you we'll be listening tonight very excited. Opening night for the Mavs. Rangers in the World Series. Cowboys getting ready to play the Rams. Uh, stars, yeah, I wish I could tell you. But, uh, wow, what a... Stars, stars are hot. Haven't lost yet. Haven't lost in regulation yet. And the only, only point they gave up was against, uh, against Vegas, the defending champs, who are undefeated so far this year. They're good. They're really good. They're, see, they're the ones that are going to have the next best chance to do what the Rangers are doing right now. Okay, I've got us down. I think three of four teams will win a championship. We'll just figure out which which <laughs> which three that'll be. All right. Okay. All right. Well, have have a good call, and, uh, right, and we'll Matt, be listening. Thank you. You bet. Okay. There he goes, Chuck Cooperstein, on the Matt Mosley show. He's ready. He's been to Rosario's. Got his favorite hot sauce. Got the mole sauce. Man loves a good mole, and uh, and he's ready to go tonight. I mean, Aaron, isn't that weird? I mean, Sohan, that that was exciting to me last year, getting to watch him and watch him come on. 